Here's a little something you may remember from the good old days. I feel so old. You're old. You're so old. You're so old. So old. So old. You're old. <laughs> You're old. Time for Senior Moments, AFC Championship Edition. Brian Sexton along with Joe Fortunato and the senior writer, John Osier. I'm a little irked today, bro. Why? I guess I'm just tired of this whole storyline of David versus Goliath. Really? You follow me? It's funny that you say that because I was kind of going there, but let me follow Uh, you for a minute. You know, this Jaguars team being here is not a fluke. Absolutely not. This is not Cinderella. Now— I'm not saying the Patriots shouldn't be favored. And I think Doug Marone said it best today in his press conference. When you play them, you expect to be underdogs. And I get that. But there's this perception, we've talked about it some this week, that the Jaguars somehow snuck their way here, that they somehow didn't deserve to be here. Well, guess what? This was the third-seeded team in the AFC, the Jaguars. They were the third-seeded the team. Division. Clearly enough that you knew they were going to be the third seed with two games to go in the season. Right. They beat the second seed twice, once by 21 up there, and the other day in a game that they never trailed. Never. This is clearly one of the best two teams in the AFC. They haven't played the team everybody thinks is the best, so we don't know who the best team in the AFC is. I was going to go there. And I'm a little hot. Well, let's talk about that. I'm a little under the collar. See this collar? Yeah. It's a little red under it. All right. It's not because I'm a redneck. I I thought maybe because you came in from the cold. Out watching practice. And again... I get why the perception exists. Even if they were the second seed, if this was Pittsburgh going to England, it would be favored. But this is a team where everybody thought it was going to be Steelers-Patriots. Everybody thought that was going to be tight. Well, uh, guess what? This team beat the Steelers twice, and it wasn't close either time. Right. This is the team that should be playing New England on Patriots Sunday, and they are. To, yeah, and the Patriots had, to, by the way, to go down the field yeah. to win it late in the ball game, and then get a referee's call to overturn it. Everybody thinks this week that Belichick is when he's talking about it at the press conference, and I get what he always does. I covered Belichick from the other side for ten years. He's always going to praise your team, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and everybody's kind of snickering to themselves. Well, he's not really worried about the Jaguars. I'll bet he is when he looks at that defense. Yeah. Because this defense creates turnovers. It does things that bother the Patriots. So um, they're not just saying they're worried. Now, they have the confidence. They're a team that should be confident in their situation. But uh, this is not a joke going up to New England this week. So let me – I told you before we started I was going to throw something at you. Um, let me set it up. So when I did the play-by-play, I was one of the few guys that read both teams' releases from the first page to the last. And wow. I would use different color highlighters – and highlight every piece of pertinent information in a different color. So sort of like coloring. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) For adults, if that's what you wanted to call me. I still do it. It's a habit, and I love to go through the numbers so that I have a a big picture of what the storylines are. Even though I'm not Mm -hmm. doing the play-by-play, I think it's always helpful to have the information. So in going through, and I knew it was going to be this way, in going through the Patriots earlier today, I mean, I just... It was one after the other. I ran through highlighters because just so much. I mean, overwhelming stats, right? Um, I'll give you one that stands out to me, and that is you know, the Jaguars have two players who have ever played in a conference championship game. Malik Jackson did it twice for the Broncos. Calais Campbell did it twice for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. That's it. The Patriots have 19 players who have never ended their season without playing in the AFC championship game, right? 19 okay, sure. guys right, 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 right. who've been on the yeah, roster okay. through the last six years and have played in the AFC title game at the end of her season. 
I could go on and on and on and all the numbers, and you know them too. You know, so they're 16-0 and 0 when they win the turnover battle in the playoffs. I mean, just on and on and on. Brady 7-4 and four in championship games. Um, the point is, it, the five banners that are hanging up, don't pay any attention to those. Right. Because those numbers, the statistical mountain that the Patriots PR staff pushed downhill this week was built by great players who are no longer there Mm -hmm. now there are a few great players there but by and large this team does not have the players that that team had it has Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski that you go wow yeah and the rest you go we can match up there and I'll kind of take the same tack but from a slightly different angle having those two guys with along with a an incredibly disciplined poised team that is not going to get overwhelmed by situations that I think matters very much in the playoffs. Uh, that makes them a, a an incredibly good team, and they should be the favorite. But you got to remember, I guess I come at it from a different angle because, A, I covered a team that for nine years I was there, the Colts, was there every year. They were always good in the regular season, and they'd get to the postseason, and you know they won some, they lost some, et cetera. I also covered the Patriots from the other side where I saw this Patriots team in person lose a lot of games. So I've also seen in the playoffs, they lose games. They win a lot of games, but they're there all the time. My point is 13-3 regular season, 14. The postseason's a dramatically different beast. Absolutely. And this team is 3-3 and in conference championship games during this stretch. They have lost at home in this decade, twice in the postseason. Once in the conference championship. Right. That doesn't mean that they shouldn't be favored. It doesn't mean that they might not win the Super Bowl. They are perfectly capable of winning the Super Bowl. But it it does mean that people sort of approach this the way you might approach a college matchup where there's there, where there's this perception that these guys are so much better than the field that they're going to blow everybody out. That's not what this is. I don't believe that for a moment, John. And if you think back over the last few years, the Patriots were down 28-3 in the Super Bowl last year. They won it. A credit to them. But something must not have gone right. <laughs> to fall behind like that. So, and if the Falcons kick a field goal, they lose that game. Now, again, this is nothing to say the Patriots aren't great because they found a way to win that game. It, it, they are a dynasty that belongs at the all-time greats. But it... Even they would tell you they are in no way unbeatable. They are brutally hard to beat because they believe they're going to win. And they'll make plays at the end of games that stun you because you think the game was over and they didn't believe the game was over and they've come back on you. But my point is Seattle in the Super Bowl a couple years back was on the two-yard line with a chance to beat this team. Uh, They lost to Denver two years ago with a very similar team to this Jaguars team, a team that was not functioning on offense at the time and beat them by defense and being smart. So there's no reason that the Jaguars should go up there thinking this Patriots team is 21 points better than the field before they even start, which is sort of how it feels in the media right now. So I think the good news for Jaguars fans is this. If there's something that defines this Jaguars team to me, it's that whatever people say about them, has never been the internal narrative of the team. Doug, you know, I firmly believe that Doug Marone went into the Bills game, for example, thinking if, if we play good defense, don't turn the ball over, we're going to win. I don't care what the offense does. 
I don't care what the off- what people are going to say about the offense after this game. I don't worry about the perception of that victory. I worry about the victory. Same thing against the Steelers. I don't think he worried too much about the perception of the defense after that game. I think he knew it was going to be a track meet. Sure, you don't want to give up that many points. But I don't think they're worried that, oh, just because people are saying, well, after the defense, the defense isn't going to be there against New England. This team has shown the ability to go up and play its own style that needs to be played that day and win with that. And I think it's going to serve them well this weekend. I, I think they will have a plan. This is what sort of formulated those Giants teams that beat the Patriots. Tom Coughlin had a plan going into those games of how they were going to win. Believed in it. The team believed in it. And didn't get flustered when certain things happened in the game that went against them. They kept to the plan. This Jaguars team reminds me of that. And I, you know, I, I've been saying all week, I, I think they're going to win the game. So, and, and there's a lot to process there. Sure. I have watched the last four Patriot games, and I've watched the last two Jaguars games. I'm convinced, outside of Tom Brady being one of the greatest players of all time, sure, and Rob Gronkowski being one of the most difficult matchups in the game today, that the Jaguars are the better team. Well, there's an element of, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the show? Oh. <laughs> I, I, I totally get but that, but I'm looking I agree at matchup. So let me give you let me give you a reason why I feel I feel confident about the Jaguars' ability to go there and play well on defense. Marcel Darius, as we we all know, when he is playing his game, when he wants to be dominant, he is dominant. Mm-hmm. David DeCastro is the best guard in the AFC, and maybe the best guard in pro football. Mm-hmm. And Marcel Darius made him look pedestrian for most of that ball game. I mean, roughed him up, moved him from side to side, and made plays. Who do the Patriots have on their offensive right. line that even comes close to playing at David right. DeCastro's level? And that, by the way, is a guy who doesn't put his hand on the ground every snap, let alone Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, who you roll through there. You've got a terrific stable of defensive mm-hmm. linemen against an offensive line that does not have a David DeCastro on it. I look at the matchups. I wonder which receivers get open against these corners. Well, the danger there is this team, meaning New England, is very good at taking what you just said and proving it wrong because they're so good at getting open short. They're so good, you know. And but they don't have Julian Edelman right now. That, and Danny Amendola is not the same player. That pepper it short passing game. They're going to have some success with that. I, I, they're um, the number one offense, so they will have success. Right. Um, I think what's interesting is what you just said, and I, you left Malik Jackson out, which is a glaring omission in this game. I think, I, I think he and Darius are the are the huge keys. I know you didn't mean to. I know you don't have anything against Malik. Oh, no. I, There's that the rivalry there. Up, but, no, watch the mic'd up yeah, on, no, on Jaguars.com. He's a dominant player. But this is, you know, Sorry, Malik. The Giants, when they did this, and you're going to hear about the Giants all week, so we'll sort of parse through some of the rubble. Uh, the Giants played four defensive ends basically in 07. And it was brilliant because it was pass rush. We're going to let you run if you want, but we're not going to let you beat through the air. This is a different team, different circumstance, but there are similarities in the sense that you must pressure Brady. The Jaguars don't have to play four defensive ends because Darius and Malik Jackson are really, really good pass rushers. They're really disruptive. Therefore, they don't have to give you the run the Jaguars' defense, to rush the passer. And that's a significant difference because, obviously, you got to get to Brady, but against this team, you also have to stop the run. 
Darius and Malik are capable of playing the run and rushing the passer. They're much more versatile than the players the Giants were playing in passing situations because they're also true tackles. I just think the interior of the line, Malik Jackson, since he got through his groin injury second half of the season, has been phenomenal. And I think those two guys are key. I also think Calais Campbell relatively quiet last week, dominant against the Bills. Something tells me, you know, defensive player of the year guy, biggest game, I think he has a huge game on Sunday. So the other side of the ball, the Steelers did not fluster or get a pass rush that bothered Blake Bortles at all. And that was a huge part of his success. The time that he had to go to his fourth receiver when T.J. Yeldon was open there for the 40 yards to set up a touchdown. The 45-yard pass to Keelan Cole in the middle of the field. And he's been good this year whenever that's been the case. He's had the time. So again, I'm looking at matchups here, and I get that the Patriots had eight sacks last week of Marcus Mariota. Different quarterback, different style completely, right? Mm -hmm. Where's their pass rush going to come from? They don't have the Richard Seymour. No. They don't have the the high-end pass rusher that they have had in years past. Yes, see, I'm a little... uh, So I think the matchups on the offensive line work in the Jaguars' favor as well. They should. I go a little different from you, the Patriots. I know you're a guy who looks at the roster and wants to see elite talent. Um, The Patriots, historically, even when you look and you wonder who they're going to get it from, they typically figure out a way to get it from them. So they're a little bit of an outlier in terms of that theory. They will, you know, even though you look and say who in the world is going to rush the passer, somehow you look up and they've got sacks and they've got pressure. So they will make an impact on the pocket, I believe, and they will get stops, et cetera, et cetera. But I think your point is right, meaning the Jaguars' offensive line played very, very well against a really good pass rush last week. They blocked really well against a really good defensive front. Um, if they can get close to that, you know, for some reason they were worlds better against Seattle and against Pittsburgh than they were against Buffalo and Tennessee. If they somehow can be the Buffalo, I mean, if they somehow can be the Pittsburgh offensive line again, I think they're going. So I think it goes back to matchups. And I, I, I'm not saying, I get how great Brady is. Mm -hmm. Brady's the difference. He stakes his team to a lead. Well, then Trey Flowers can run wild, right? But if it's lining up in the first quarter, I don't see where the Patriots' pass rush impacts Bortles too much. You fall behind, well, okay. I got you. And Brady's that guy. Brady, the difference is Brady. If you take Brady off that roster, are they in the AFC Championship game? Right. But, again, if— He's there. No, I get it. I get it. He's playing. I get it. And I know that he ultimately— the, They're not going to arrest him. The ability to stop him. Right. The ability to mitigate the damage he does right. will tell the story of the ball game. I guess I'm saying the Jaguars have a roster to do that. Absolutely. And I think to your point, a defensive line that can rush the passer, uh, Miles Jack and Telvin Smith's ability to keep short passes to four yards compared to eight yards. I mean, this is a this is a, a game of down and distance situational situations, if you will. They're really good at throwing a little screen that when the play starts, you feel like it's going to be a two-yard game. When you look at the chains, it's second and four. Well, Telvin Smith, Miles Jack, speed on defense, and Gakwe, 
Jalen Ramsey, this year they've done a good job at keeping that sort of play to a three-yard gain rather than a six-yard gain. Those, that sort of speed is where you're not going to talk about it during the week, but it could be the difference in the game for the Jaguars. I'll say one more time. I know what Tom Brady is, who Tom Brady is, taking nothing away from him. I just think when you look at the two teams, I think the Jaguars are a better team. Brady is a better quarterback. It's weekend to me. It's about staying calm. He's going to make his plays. Oh, yeah, he is. You're going to have some mistakes that maybe rattle you a little bit. Don't let those situations turn into 30-yard plays for the Patriots, and I know which I they're said, capable of doing. And I know I said earlier, don't pay attention to the stats. It's, it's this team against that team, not this team against those teams. That, absolutely. That, 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 but the one thing that you can't account for is – it's hard to knock out the king, you know, mm-hmm. knock him off the top of the mountain, especially on top of his mountain in a game that they have a lot of players that know how to, how to play this game. The moments will not be too big for them. You hope that this team plays like it did last week when they were their best in the moments. Yeah, and, it, and I haven't seen anything from this Jaguars team to make me think that they're going to go up there thinking that they're the underdog. I don't think they do. And Jalen Ramsey certainly doesn't. Well, and I think that matters, you know, because he knows Tom Brady's great, but Jalen's just out there enough to think he's better. You know, and, you know, and who knows? Jalen and AJ Boye were on. Uh, you ball, you get the call, right? The, right. Uh, the 21st in prime, the Deion Sanders thing. I forget whether it was after the Houston game in Houston or after the Ravens game in London, because they were on both times. But in a very convincing way, convincing to me. Uh, Jalen said, oh, we're going to the Super Bowl, right? I mean, just like that. Right. And I remember thinking, I wonder if this defense can put them in a position to do that. Mm-hmm. Because at the time, even though Blake had played well in, in London, four touchdowns, I don't think anybody was thinking this offense was going to hit a rhythm anytime soon, right? And I remember thinking, it'll be interesting to see you know, how far the defense can carry them. Carried them all the way here. All now we here. find out if he is prescient. If he was calling his shot. They've uh, they got 60 minutes to show he's right. We'll find out. Should be fun. Fun Can't to wait. be here. It is fun to be here because I don't, and I, we, we say this every week, I don't think we thought this team would get this far. Not this year. No, but again, like I said at the beginning, you thought that in August, but uh, this is not Cinderella. No. I'll leave it at that. John Osier, Joe Fortunato, Brian Sexton signing off. Senior Moments. Back next week, folks.